0: What's up, rich friends? Welcome back to another episode of Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Two, a.k.a. Your Rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. So this week, I want to talk about going to the doctors, um, in particular for Americans, because it's a pretty traumatic experience. Um, I'm going to go over, essentially, how basic health insurance works. I'm going to tell you guys a pretty funny, but also pretty horrific story about myself. And then we'll talk a little bit about how you can make the most of your money when it comes to going to the doctors and paying your medical bills. So let's get started. So when I started my first big girl job, I got off of I shall say my parents kicked me off of their health insurance plan. And suddenly I had to figure out what a lot of these strange words meant on my own. And in America, a lot of us get our health insurance through our employers. So your employer offers different types of plans. You can choose one to opt into. And if you don't have that option, you can actually buy health insurance on the open market. And let's just talk simply about myself. I was a young person. I had no idea what to do. So I was looking at the different health insurances I could choose from. And there were a couple different options. You had a PPO, which is a fancy way of saying you pay more now and hopefully pay less later. You've got an HMO, which is kind of like, the happy middle ground of you pay a medium amount now and you pay a medium amount later. And then there was a high deductible health plan with an HSA, which is where you pay very little, sometimes none now. And if you do need to go to the doctors or if you do get sick, you'll have to pay a lot more later. And what essentially happens is what you pay now is called a premium. And you pay that every single month, whether or not you go and use your health insurance or any of the services that it provides. And then you have to spend up to a certain amount called a deductible. And then once you're done spending that amount, your insurance is supposed to cover most of your additional charges. And specific things also require you to pay, again, something called a copay. I guess, like, the really confusing part for me is when I first, you know, I have this insurance, I'm now about to go think about going to the doctors, and I need to find the correct type of doctor. You've got in-network doctors, which, you know, are essentially, like, preferred doctors that you can go to that your health insurance is based on said, like we have a preferred relationship with them, or you can go to an out-of-network doctor. And the "out" in out-of-network stands for out the ass, because that is what you will pay to see an out-of-network doctor. So that was not an option for me. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty-first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Fortunately for me, I was a relatively healthy person. I was, you know, going to get my physical every single year, getting a pap smear, and nothing too crazy, maybe one trip to the dermatologist or other. And I didn't think too much about health insurance until one fateful day. And this day happened to be the Saturday after my 25th birthday, I had rented out like the back room space at this bar called the Garrett in New York City. I want to shout them out because they're so cool and so amazing. And I had plans to have like 30 of my friends come out with you know, their significant others and we were gonna have tacos and drinks and like have a really fun 25th, birthday bash. And I started the morning off, I had gone to Maison Kayser and gotten like a little sandwich and a baguette roll. And in the afternoon, I took a nap. And when I woke up, I thought, you know, hey, like, I'm gonna be drinking tonight, I should probably eat something so I don't get too drunk too quickly. And I want to make sure that I'm like healthy and feeling good and full. So I ended up taking a bread knife. And context background, for those of you who don't know too much about my personal life, I grew up an only child and my parents were very concerned about like my safety. They were a little bit anxious in that way, so I was never really allowed to cook or be in the kitchen when like the stove was on or when they were cooking, and that's just like not something that I had a lot of experience in. So, there's this baguette roll and it's crusty, it's good, and I take this bread knife and I have no idea how I'm going to cut this thing in half to make a sandwich. So I turn the bread roll on its side. It's not even stable. It's like wobbly. And I try to hold it with my fingers, and I use this bread knife to cut this baguette roll. And all of a sudden, the bread knife slips off of the top of this roll and all I see is a little piece of my finger fall onto the counter. And this is extra horrifying because at the time I was wearing black nail polish, so it was abundantly clear that a piece of my finger had just come off. And all I can think to say is, "Oh no, I think I need to go to the hospital." And my boyfriend at the time, my now fiance sees me, sees my face, sees my finger and (laughs) quick on the jump, Johnny literally jumps into action. His name's not actually Johnny. He runs over to me and he goes, oh no, Vivi. And he grabs a paper towel and immediately squeezes my finger as hard as humanly possible because it's very clear that it's starting to bleed. And Here's the problem. I was at home in the comfort of my own, you know, kitchen, my own living room, and I was wearing... Like little spandex booty shorts and like a tank top, no bra. So like this man, and it's cold outside at this point. It's in March. And my man's like, we have to get clothes on you to go outside. So he helps me get on a pair of sweatpants and a big hoodie. And the whole time he's holding my finger and like there is just this crazed look in his eyes. we run down the elevator because we live in New York City. We live in an apartment. And I'm asking him like, you know, What are we going to do? And he's like, well, we're not calling an ambulance because that's going to be a zillion dollars. So in New York City, what do we do? We do the most New York thing ever. We're on 8th Avenue and we hop into a yellow cab (laughs) As my man is Googling nearest hospital to me and we drive up to Mount Sinai up in like the, I want to say like 50s, 60s on the west side of New York, close to, I would say like the Columbus Circle area, if you guys are familiar with New York. And when we get there, things are tough. And as we're riding in this yellow cab He is still holding my finger And I am hyperventilating And I'm in shock Very much in shock So I haven't really felt the pain kick in yet And there's actually a car that drives up next to us And for some reason this cab window was open And my fiance is holding my hand And I have now bled through this paper towel So like the paper towel that he is holding Is entirely blood red And he's holding it looking crazed I'm hyperventilating Sobbing, crying And this car of four pretty macho looking guys turns and sees me in this cab. They turn their music down and they go and they look at me and they're like, yo, is she okay? And all my boyfriend at the time can say is, she's fine, and rolls up the window. I am indeed not fine. We get to the hospital and things are looking pretty tough because we actually have to separate because we both have to go through a metal detector to get into the hospital. So, my fiance has to let go of my finger. I have to hold my finger. It's completely bled through this napkin, paper towel thing. And once we get into the hospital, he goes and speaks with the attendant at the kind of front desk, the nurse, and I am sitting in this chair hyperventilating, crying, and I'm bleeding through the napkin, and at a certain point, I just like give up. And I'm like this this napkin is already soaked through, and I just start bleeding on the ground. And I in hindsight I'm kind of happy about this because it means that my injury was not that severe, that they did not rush me into the back immediately. But we were told to sit in this waiting room. And all I hear over the intercom is essentially like clean up on aisle four. It was like, can we have janitorial cleanup services in the main lobby? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, who is that for? And then I realize it's for me because I'm bleeding all over the ground because my finger is just dripping. And eventually I get taken to the back. At this point, I am hysterically crying because the shock has worn off and my finger hurts so bad. And I am just screaming insane things. I am sobbing. I'm saying things like my hand's never going to be beautiful again. It's going to look so messed up in my engagement photos. I hate everything. I can't believe this happened. Like my birthday party is ruined. What am I going to do? Like, how am I going to fix this? And I'm really fortunate. My boyfriend, he, you know, calls one of my best friends and is like, hey, like, this is what happened. Can you like call the bar cancel? And fortunately, the Garrett did not charge me a cancellation fee. Shout out to them. They are the best. But you know, I, I'm in I'm in Turmoil. It's supposed to be the night of my birthday, and I'm having an absolutely shitty 25th birthday. And I go to the back. They shoot my finger full of lidocaine, which is a numbing agent. And my finger literally looks like a puffed up sausage compared to the rest of my fingers. It is now at least not super painful anymore because it's numbed up. But I then have to sit in the emergency room for five hours. Yes, Five hours. I am not seen by a doctor, a actual surgery resident for my hand for five hours. I get x-rays taken. I'm given, you know, some painkillers to make sure that I'm not in pain. But I don't see a doctor until the very almost end of the night. And he says, you know, hey, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna have to see a hand specialist on Monday when he's back into the office because it is the weekend. But we're not going to be able to do anything because the little finger nub, which yes, we brought the finger nub in a little Tupperware filled with ice to the hospital. It was mostly fatty tissue and there wasn't any vascular muscle that they could reconnect it to. And I am distraught. But at this point, I'm like, okay, like, you know, I can rationalize it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And I go home and I'm very lucky. I was, you know, 25, very young. Um, my cells were very regenerative. And for the most part, shockingly enough a lot of my finger grew back and these days if you looked at my hands it would take you a second to even figure out which one was the one that I chopped the tip off of but here's where the story gets really interesting to add insult to injury I get a $1,600 bill for my five hours in the ER where all they did was essentially shoot my finger full of lidocaine Give me a tetanus shot because they were worried about the knife and give me a painkiller. $1,600. I essentially could have just stayed home and toughed it out. But for $1,600, I got to sit in an ER for five hours. And this makes me want to call out two things. One, it is so critically important to have an emergency fund because if I couldn't pay that $1,600, it would have been an even worse scenario. I'm really lucky I had an emergency fund for things like this to go wrong. Obviously I didn't foresee me cutting off my finger as the thing that happened, but it was good to know that I could comfortably pay for it. And then on top of that, I asked for an itemized bill because I wanted to make sure that I was only paying for services that I got. And luckily for me, My bill ended up being correct. However, statistically speaking, 80% of medical bills actually have errors in them. So you want to definitely ensure that you were not double charged or billed for something you did not get. I know people who have had other people's charges put on their bills, have been double charged for x-rays, been double charged for literally like Advils, essentially, have been double charged for x-rays, what have you. So make sure that doesn't happen to you. And here's actually a third point. I hate that when I got hurt. My partner and my first reaction was not, ooh, how can we go get the best, most appropriate medical care for Vivian? It was, well, I certainly can't call an ambulance because that's going to be so expensive. And that's kind of the reality of medical care these days. And I think a really important thing that people who Are quote unquote rich, understand that regular people often don't is that you can negotiate your medical bills. I know when we think about negotiation, it feels a little tacky, right? Like, you know, there's always that shtick of like, ah, you're at that garage sale and they're selling a book for $5, and you're like, "Mm, I'll give it to you. Like, I'll buy it from you for four, and it makes you feel very cheap. But what folks need to realize is that negotiating is your right. And on top of that, it could save you a ton of money. And if you're not negotiating your medical bill, you are likely overpaying. And so I know this is where, you know, we're getting to the point in the podcast, people are like, Vivian, you're talking about negotiating the medical bill. Tell us how. Okay, let's go through this together. So first and foremost, when you get a medical bill, I want you to call. Do not email. Yes, I'm I'm talking to you guys, millennials, please pick up the phone. And I want you to politely ask the receptionist, or the medical billing specialist, whoever you're speaking to at a hospital, at the doctor's office, whatever. Politely ask them questions that are going to force them to tell you what waivers, discounts, and relief plans are available. Things like, which of these fees can be waived? I know many hospitals have medical bill relief plans and charity care. Can you tell me about yours? What discounts do you offer for financial hardship? This is you making an effort to reduce your bill as much as possible, just based off of back and forth with you and this person. It's not going to cost you anything. It's not going to hurt your credit. It's not going to do anything except for lower your bill, maybe. And after you've done that, hopefully your bill has come down a bit. But if you still can't afford to pay it in full, you want to ask the medical office if they have payment plans available. You want to mention that you'd love to be able to pay the bill off in full, but would only be able to do so if some of the fees were further waived. And this really helps incentivize an administrator to cut you a break if your earlier questions didn't work or they didn't cut enough off of the bill for you to feel really comfortable with the number. And last but not least, if you end up having a medical bill that you still cannot pay in full, keep in mind that most of these medical practices are oftentimes nonprofits, and they will oftentimes work with patients to set up monthly installment plans without interest in which you will pay what you can until the bill is paid off. You do not want your medical bills to go to collections. It will tank your credit score. I know there are people out there who talk about, hey, if your medical bill goes to collections, they can't actually collect because of HIPAA. That's not how that works. It is oversimplified and Very frequently, they can collect and if they know what they're doing, they will be able to lower your credit score until you pay that bill off. If your bill has already gone to collections, what you're going to do is you're going to talk to that person and negotiate a deal where they essentially allow you to pay a fraction of the bill and you want to make sure to get in writing that they will agree to take that mark off of your credit score and essentially wipe That transgression so that you will be able to help your credit score raise while also paying off that debt. Obviously, going to the doctor is not fun to begin with, but if you understand that this is not a department store where you're buying a t shirt, this is a car dealership where you can negotiate the price of the car. Medical bills seem a lot less scary when you know that you're going to be able to essentially adjust the bill to a point that you're able to pay it. To close out, this is essentially all to say that. If you feel like the medical system is confusing, it is absolutely not your fault. It 100% is. And if you feel like you're too scared to get medical care because of the cost, that is where I don't want you to feel that way. I think that it is really hard for people to understand that going to the doctor and getting a medical bill is not like going to a department store and buying a shirt. It's more akin to going to a car dealership on the last day of the month and knowing that you're going to be able to negotiate the cost of the car or negotiate extra tune-ups in the future or negotiate an extra car mat or something like that. But this is something that is absolutely necessary to do with every single medical bill you get, because one, you want to make sure that you're not being billed wrong, but two, that you're also able to get the best price for the service because the whole medical industry is kind of a scam and for us individual human beings who are looking to get medical care it is okay to negotiate that cost that price that income is not coming directly out of that doctor's pockets it's coming out of a large medical practices for the most part and i think it's really really important that all of us prioritize our health because There are very few things in this life that money cannot buy and well-being and being healthy is one of those things. So this week, I want us to really focus on prioritizing our health. Do not skip your physical. Do not skip annual checkups, because if you don't spend the money and the time to access preventative care today, it could end up becoming a lot more expensive for you further down the road. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at BFF across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audioboom as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye!